0: Right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, for another episode of Tattoos and Jesus. Uh, we have another special guest with us today for an interview. This is episode 49. Um, at next week is a huge, huge episode, episode 50. It's a big moment for us. Um, but that doesn't mean it should detract from this week, episode 49. Josh is back with us hey, hey. after hanging out in Utah last week. Uh, and then we have another special guest, um, Mary from Stomping Grounds in Greer, South Carolina. Mary, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing well. How are you?
0: Listen, we're rocking and rolling. Josh, how was yes, your sir. hike? How was your hike in Utah?
2: Oh, it was beautiful. It was. Um, it was very. I don't know. Like captivating i guess is a good word all the all the regular terms you would use when you go hiking we went to zion and bryce national park so um, both of those are pretty popular in the united states and so we were walking through you know i almost died a few times because i'm not really the best in shape but uh, didn't realize our first hike was probably uh, top five most streamers hikes in america so that first hike, I'm just going up the entire time, and I am literally feel like I'm just going to like pass away at any moment. But other than that, um, we got to the top. It was beautiful. We'll definitely, definitely try to go back. And then uh, appreciate Jimmy filling in for us last week. So sure. shout out to Jimmy.
0: All right. A couple weeks ago, we took an afternoon and ran down to Stomping Grounds Coffee Shop in Greer, South Carolina, and that's how we connected uh, with Mary. And, and she recommended some coffee for us to review today. Mary, would you please tell us or remind us what are we what are we drinking here?
1: So what you're sipping on is our Jamaican butter rum bean. It is a medium roast, and it's kind of got a caramel English coffee kind of hint to it. Um, it's sort of on the sweeter side without adding any sugar to it. Um, it goes really, really well if for people who like to drink just black coffee.
0: Okay. I got you. So why did you recommend this for us? Like, what is it about this that you, you really like or thought would be good for us?
1: I think it's our best bean. Um, I think it's the most, like, enjoyable, especially if you're doing, like, a coffee tasting. Um, you really don't want to, like, taint a coffee tasting with, like, tons of creamers and sugars additives and stuff like that you kind of just want to let the coffee speak for itself um i think this is like the best like between like light and dark roast um it's got the best it's the most versatile our beans i think too because you can drink it hot iced you can even drink it frozen it's really really good all
0: right so josh and i have kind of gotten in this habit literally started yesterday of whatever's left from a pot of coffee we'll throw it in the fridge and Uh drink it cold later so this would be a solid one to do that with.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Right, right.
2: We'll do that today
0: then. Because mm-hmm. we still got some left over.
1: It's not really recommended. So usually hot coffee is supposed to stay hot, and cold yeah. coffee supposed to. Stay it's not going to give me
0: cancer or anything, is it? Still, what? It's not going to give me cancer, so it's okay.
1: Yeah.
0: So, yeah, so it should be all right. But so how do you? So
2: how do you exactly do? ice cold? Like, how, what's the best way to make, like, coffee yeah, what's, what's real cold? iced coffee? Because there, there's so many different things. Like, it's like, yeah, we have iced coffee, but really it's like put some ice cubes in a cup and put it under there and let it, like, melt ice, but...
1: The best way would be to do cold brew, and cold brew is a process of extracting coffee without using any heat. So it's cold steeped for longer, more caffeine is extracted, and you get a more level acidity out of it it's a it's a much nicer mouthfeel drinking cold brew rather than iced coffee okay
2: and so uh, can you make cold brew at home?
1: oh yeah 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 so it depends on like different recipes of how strong you want your coffee so then there's cold brew concentrate and then there's just cold brew so cold brew is more or less more watered down more on the iced coffee side and then there's cold brew concentrate, which is also called cold brew espresso, which is what we use in all of our ice lattes. So it's more of like a concentrated version. It's like a hot shot of espresso, but just cold. So we use those in all of our ice lattes.
2: Okay, I got you. All right. What um? So <clears throat> what is your favorite hot drink that you make at Stomping Grounds and cold drink that you make at Stomping Grounds?
1: My favorite hot drink is a cinnamon white mocha. Mm. Anything with cinnamon in it is it's just so good. Just It's just so cinnamon and coffee go so well together. And then my oh. favorite ice drink, which I'm actually drinking today, is um, brown sugar cinnamon, ice brown sugar cinnamon with cold brew and oat milk. Um, do, that one's delicious.
0: Do you remember what you gave me to drink when we came over there? Because it was phenomenal.
1: I gave one of you.
0: I got it wrote down.
1: One of you had a vanilla nut spice, and then the other one had a cinnamon white mocha.
2: Exactly. There you go. Yeah, that cinnamon white mocha was
0: slapping. That thing that was delicious. nut spice was on point. It had some nutmeg yeah, on it or something. Oh, my goodness. That mm-hmm. thing was heaven. I ain't no doubt a
2: little razzle-dazzle in there.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, so tell, tell us this. We kind of jumped into some of the stuff you do. How did you get into coffee? How did you get into working in a coffee shop? I want to hear your story. Where are you from? And how did you get into this coffee shop world?
1: Well, I'm originally from a little town called Barberton, Ohio. It's up in the Akron area of Ohio. Um, I ended up getting really, really lucky. So there's this coffee roaster in Ohio called Crimson Cup. And then they have little local coffee shops um, throughout Ohio, and I just randomly found one day that my my hometown's was called Kabe. My hometown's coffee shop was hiring for a couple of baristas, and I just happened to apply. And she just took a chance on me. I had no coffee experience. I've I've never done any kind of like barista, bartending, anything like that. Did you love coffee
0: at that point, or were you just looking for a job?
1: I was just, I was just looking for a job. Like, I just was like, okay, this sounds like a cool job. There's like, you know, everyone wants to work at Starbucks and, and I was like, okay, this is an opportunity to work at a small little coffee shop. I ended up falling in love with it and especially the crimson cup way of how they make coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, they teach you from farm to cup. So they teach you every step of the way of how coffee becomes coffee and how it becomes like enjoyable and what's the best way to make a coffee Um, suit each person's likes and tastes and like it really teaches you the art of coffee rather than just how to make it push it out and sell it to people
0: what was the most surprising thing to you what what stood out to you as kind of the most surprising thing in that process
1: how much science is involved there's a lot of science involved in the making of coffee like it's not just a black bean and hot water yeah no it's not as simple as just steeping some beans and some water I mean it'll get the job done if you do it like that but it's really more of like an art and it takes a lot of like passion and what makes a good cup of coffee is you caring about it more so than getting it right.
0: It responds to positive vibes.
1: Absolutely.
2: That's awesome. So like even when we had, so we had your, I mean, you you get some beans from Little River, uh, Uh maybe all of your beans from Little River, but Um, we had Tyler on a few weeks ago and he was giving us some tips about how to drink coffee the right way, hot coffee, cold coffee. So, you know, what's some of your like top three or five tips that you want to give people when it comes to coffee? It could be anything.
1: Ooh. Okay. If you are using hot espresso shots, it is, to, and you want to use like an ice latte, you want to cool it down. Um, there's this method called temping shots. So a shot comes out at about 205 degrees. And what you want to do if you want to make that into an ice latte. You want to temp that down with some cold milk, rather than throwing it over ice because you're going to end up what we call shocking the shot and that pulls all the bad acids out of the espresso shot. Mm-hmm. So what you want to do is slowly cool it down. And then it'll end up giving you, I mean, there's no really way to like make a hot shot taste great with an iced latte, but which is why I recommend cold brew. Um, but it is a better way to like, the like the flavor profile would be better if you end up like cooling it down gradually rather than shocking it and making it cold automatically. Um, cold brew is probably the best if you wanna do like a caffeine kick. Um, most people think that hot shots of espresso have the most caffeine but per gram dosage um cold brew actually has more caffeine content per gram than hot shots do oh wow okay okay yeah
0: do you feel really intelligent when you talk about coffee now
1: i i wish i felt intelligent about it there's still a lot to learn
0: i mean darn yeah i mean
2: yeah, yeah that's good stuff like you got that's legit. A lot of people don't know it, like especially for like me and Marty. We're just like, man, here's the coffee.
0: So a lot of this education for you and a lot of this, I mean, it's an ever grow. Like you learn as you go. But being able to work at, what you say, Crimson Tide up in Ohio?
1: Crimson Cup. Crimson, Crimson
0: Cup. Crimson, right, Crimson Tide. Tide. Come on now. <laughs> go Alabama.
2: I mean, you're also no. from Ohio. You know it would be called Crimson
0: Tide. <laughs> anyway, that's where a lot of this knowledge came from because they're teaching you literally the whole process from start to finish
1: yeah absolutely okay yeah. well then
0: from start to finish
1: and I've more like, as i've experimented with studying over the past few years i've learned like yeah. my own stuff but the basis of my knowledge and like every scientific reason i have behind it was taught to me by crimson cup
0: and if you're like me somebody can tell me stuff and it'll make sense but it doesn't stick until i do it yeah once you do it yeah. it's like it's just it's in there you can just have it yep. there so how did you make go from Ohio to stomping grounds in Greer?
1: Well, I actually had a really like nice life up in Ohio, um, had like a whole family, a found family, not really like blood family, but a found family. Um, things went sideways and I ended up getting kicked out of my house. So I had nowhere to go. I was actually homeless for a little bit up in Ohio. Um, and my brother lives down in South Carolina. And it was during COVID all that time when the kids were doing like at home schooling, like on the computer. Yeah. And my brother posed this like position for me to come down south and help the kids, my nieces and nephews, with their schoolwork because I, you know, was out of work because of COVID and I had just lost my house and I was just in a spot where I could travel. So I came down here and then I stayed down here for maybe a couple weeks and then I realized that I really liked it down here. The weather, like, Improved my mental health like crazy and then my brother was like well why don't you just stay and make this permanent so i decided i took a leap and i decided to move down here with nothing and um just start my life over basically and it's worked out really well
0: when you say you were homeless, homeless like were you just like couch surfing between friends for that time or like
1: um i slept on people's couches sometimes but i felt bad doing that so most of the time i just slept in my car and I didn't have my dog at this point. So it was pretty easy to actually sleep in my car.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, you speak to it now as like, yeah, it was a challenge, but it led to an opportunity that I capitalized on. But yeah, like when guess, you go, when you go back to there, the co, there's a pandemic happening. You're homeless, you're sleeping in your, my guess is those were some hard days.
1: Um. Yes, it was very, very hard. And I had just lost my entire, like friend group slash family that I had for the past like three almost four years I had been with them um they all just like turned their backs on me and I had nowhere to go but we made something better out of it
0: that's right you can look back and see that that trial led to something better but in the moment it was a struggle
1: yeah absolutely
0: gotcha so then you moved down on your brother's proposition but you've decided to stay here now right yeah yeah It's kind of like you had a found family now you got a found home in South Carolina
1: yeah and I've definitely found like stronger like friend connections down here because um my coffee shop back in Ohio I'm still really good friends with all of them we talk almost every day like in our snapchat group chat but then at the same time I've also made a new family down here at stomping grounds and I love all of my baristas the same way I love my baristas in Ohio so working in a coffee shop is like hanging out with family every day It's not really a job like you get to do what you love and you get to hang out with your best friends while doing it.
2: Yeah, Yeah. that was one thing that you pointed out. Um, That's one thing that you pointed out uh, when we were in the shop is like what makes stomping grounds like set apart from other ones. And you mentioned like the family atmosphere, the, you know, checking in with the regulars, there's a good tight knit community. Is that kind of what you had in Ohio, like with when you say found family, is that mainly based around the coffee industry, the coffee co-workers? Like, uh, you know, wh- how did that translate? What does that mean exactly?
1: Well, the found family I had in Ohio weren't any baristas. They weren't any of the coffee shop people. Okay. Um, but I did have all my coffee shop people at the same time that helped me through it. Okay. and they actually pushed me to move to south carolina too they were like you know you really don't have like anything left here you might as well like start over um you have family down south like looks like mm. a good opportunity to like move forward um but yeah um still very close with all of them there it's just like the best part of being at a coffee shop is talking to the people like as much as you love your baristas and like your family the best part is talking to like, oh, that's Greg. He comes in every Monday and gets a vanilla yeah. nut spice or, you know, just knowing like people's lives or like, you know, people come in and they update you and they're like, oh, I got the job or something like that. You know, you know, very small bits and pieces about these people's lives, but they still feel like they need to update you on them because you are a, like a small part of their life and like you're important to them, you know? it's uh, It's real rewarding to have like friends that come in the time it's not like you are serving strangers all day and it's just like a this is my order here's your coffee get out goodbye it's like let's have a conversation let's get to know each other you know let's let's make you a drink that like suits you
0: yeah and people are loyal so like when, when they find a coffee shop that they number one they like the product but they also like the people they're gonna keep coming back and and patronizing that location
1: yeah
2: that's awesome that now and that's one thing that we were talking I mean me and Maris talked about this in general but also that drew us to coffee as like part of our review I guess every day every podcast was the atmosphere you get in coffee shops and even Tyler touched a little bit on this and you're highlighting it even more it's just the atmosphere you get in coffee shops is different than atmospheres you get in other places there's a warm warm there's like a warm environment an open environment when it comes to coffee shops you see people sitting around you see people talking you see people you know working like it's almost like a second home to people when it comes to coffee shops um and you know what what do you feel like contributes the most to creating that atmosphere
1: um I feel like management in the coffee shop has a huge because i've worked at other coffee shops other than my first one in ohio and the one i'm working at right now so i've tried a few coffee shops um what really makes like a great it's kind of like sitting in somebody's living room almost um is great management so i ended up having a great boss up in ohio who like was really open and respectful and was like more like your friend rather than your boss And then now I'm lucky enough to have Tammy who is the owner of Stomping Grounds. And she's kind of like everybody's grandma. She wants to make sure everybody gets fed, everybody eats, everybody has a good time, you know, that everybody feels good. It's kind of like hanging out with your grandma at work um, and just her energy putting that into us makes us happier baristas. And then we turn that around and give that to the customers. So I think it all starts with her like wanting us to have a good day. Therefore we make others have a good day.
0: That's awesome. And so Tammy, the, the owner, she's there a lot.
1: Oh, she's here almost every day.
0: So she's very hands-on.
1: Oh yeah. That's she's awesome. working behind the bar. If we're working, she's working.
0: Very cool. And yeah. honestly, and I'm just putting some pieces together. It sounds like, you know, you, you have this situation in Ohio where you lost your support system. Mm-hmm. And so being able like moving down here, like, even though, yeah, you're moving in with family, who's got your back, is there for you like that's still a huge transition so finding somebody like tammy that's like a grandma i'm sure that has been like a welcome relief considering you kind of lost some of that support those family those people that filled in family roles for you and now she's kind of swooped in to say hey we you know i got you
1: yeah yeah it kind of felt like i mean everything happens for a reason right so i lost something in ohio but i ended up finding something better in South Carolina. Um, yeah and I'm grateful and she ended up giving me a second chance so I actually worked for her in like 2020 through like 2021 and then I had a really bad mental health spiral and I ended up going into the hospital for 14 days and I had to leave this job because I couldn't ask her to hold my position for me and it was real sudden too it wasn't like I had this planned or anything like that I went you didn't plan a
0: mental health, health crisis that was not in the books mm-hmm.
1: yeah it, yeah, I didn't pencil it one, in what so. on the schedule <laughs> yeah Do better next
0: time. Do better.
1: (laughs) Right. I had to leave her. And then a few months went by. I got out of the hospital, a few months went by and I kept trying to find jobs down here. And just, I just kept leaving them. I would stay for like two weeks and then I would leave just because I, I couldn't find what I was looking for. So I ended up coming back to stomping grounds and I was like, Tammy, please let me come home. Like, this is where I love, like, this is my second house. Like, let me come home. And she was gracious enough to give me a second chance. Um, after I had, like, basically, like, just ditched her and yeah. quit on her out of nowhere. But did she
0: understand the um, circumstances? Like, you didn't just go a wall. Like, you had a serious situation that led to that.
1: Yeah, yeah. She was very understanding of the situation. Um, but I think I also needed that time because I had moved down from Ohio, and I hadn't really dealt with all the things that happened in Ohio. And I kind of just ignored them because – I was in a new setting, so I didn't really need to yeah. think about Yeah, it's, it's easy like, to
0: put that on the shelf.
1: And it caught up to me, and it caught up to me fast. And I ended up not getting into the greatest of places. Um, yeah. But I think going into the hospital was a real, like, good reset for me. And I really, like, improved since leaving the hospital. So,
0: so what have you learned? A... So to you, what is the key? Because you're right, like, life hands us crap all the time. Like Mm -hmm. sometimes it's big and sometimes it's huge and life-altering and sometimes it's little stuff. Mm -hmm. And like, you kind of like said, I I left so I can kind of put that on the shelf. And the valuable thing that I think we need to hear is you you can't just run from your problems. Exactly. Like things that are like, you can leave the place, but you're still you. You still had that experience and you still have to work through it. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So through going through that, what have you learned? Like, what is the tools now that says, Hey, this is what helps me maintain my mental health instead of letting it kind of build up in the background.
1: Um, I would say the biggest thing I've learned is that it's okay to not be okay, to need help, to need to like lean on somebody else. You know, you, you always want to do the, well, I can handle it myself, I can fix it myself, I want to be, like we equate being independent with strength, and I don't think that that's always the case, because it does take a village to, Mm -hmm. to, like, keep yourself going, you need your friends, you need a family, you need a support system, Um, and then there's times when, I think a lot of people, when they go through, like, Bad mental health spells, they kind of isolate. And I think that that's the worst thing you could possibly do because you don't want anyone to worry about you or you don't want someone to fix it. You want to be strong enough to fix it yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's really important to step back and realize that the situation is bigger than you are. And sometimes you need help and you can't do it on your own.
0: And we have it and we're not going to dive into like your life from birth until 20 or whatever. But my guess is, just from what you've said, you had to be independent. Mm -hmm. Like you had to develop an ability to kind of fend for yourself. Is that fair? Yeah. And so my guess is you kept doing what actually helped you be successful. Mm -hmm. But a couple years ago, your best attempt to be successful actually hurt you. Mm -hmm. And you had to reevaluate, okay, I need a different way to handle things Mm
1: -hmm.
0: that helps me and it's not, a, it's not that you're not strong, but like you said, you you can't live on an island. It takes, exactly. a, it takes a village to survive. And so on one hand, I think it's easy for people, not saying you, I don't know what you think about this, but it's easy to become critical when we fail. Say, why did I do that? Like, why didn't I do it different? And mm-hmm. fail to realize we did what we thought would work because maybe it's worked for us in the past. But the equation has changed and even though I thought it would work, it actually didn't. And actually it takes a lot of strength in my opinion to be willing to step back and say, hey, I'm not okay and I need some help and I need to do it a little different this time.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, that's good. And it, I think I think culture highlights exactly uh, what Mary's saying. Like there's this independence that culture looks at as like strength you know there's this independence that culture pushes in the sense of if you're independent then you're you're strong you're at the top of the top you're you know this is and then that's that's depicted i always think about like tvs and movies and that's depicted through roles of superheroes of you know the this knight in shining armor this woman in shining armor where they come through independent everybody loves them but then you have shows just like friends like new girl community office where it's like a group of people who are living life together that are just as popular if not more popular to people because people need that connection they, they need that community with each other and so it's almost even depicted in that battle of I think that's a very powerful statement you know independence is not necessarily strength it can be at times, like Marty was saying for you, but it's not necessarily, it's not going to get you through all the way to where you don't need anybody at, at any point.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And I think that was a really, really, really strong point. Um, it seems like
0: you like learned. What would you say that Tammy, Tammy was an integral role in this. Yeah. She was an anchor for you kind of in your time in South Carolina. She's been that person who has kind of supported you along the way amongst other people. Yeah. That's awesome. So what is your current role at stomping grounds? What's your title?
1: Um, I, well, it's, eh, it's kind of weird. Um, technically I'm called a shift lead, but the way Tammy runs things is very not so like informal, but I'm considered a manager. Mm-hmm. Um. Almost like it would be like the assistant manager. Mm-hmm. Um, I do inventory for the shop. I do almost everything Tammy does. Um, I basically keep the shop from burning down. Um, Shift we, lead me,
0: slash firefighter.
1: What slash firefighter?
0: I said slash firefighter. You're shiftly Shift slash firefighter.
1: Um, <laughs> slash firefighter. Yes, 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 yes. I basically make sure that the building doesn't burn down. And that all of the baristas are happy. Okay, that's my main goal.
0: That's your goal. Are all the baristas happy right now?
1: I do believe all my baristas are happy at the moment.
0: That's good. Well, we got an interview
2: next stuff, week with stuff. one of them. Yeah, we got says otherwise. But. Yeah, we've
0: we've gotten a call in. Yeah. This is like this is like uh, Jerry Springer. Bring oh, no. to the show Jessica.
2: Yeah, barista okay. Jessica. It's just like if, listen. That even if your name if you're like named Jessica, Jessica,
0: you've got complaints.
2: <laughs> I hope there's not by anybody there yeah, that ends up a, chewing somebody anybody. out after this is over.
0: Sorry if you have a barista named Jessica. It was made up. Yeah. Mm. All right. All right. Speaking of keeping people happy, last week or a couple weeks ago, when when we came and met with you, you told us a story that we have to get updated on. <sighs> so before we before we just jump into the update we have to kind of recap what's happening so i'm going to say this real quick you clarify it so in south carolina you have a good friend of yours there was this it was some guy that you were really close to and i guess the short of it is you considered this person to be a best friend Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and you knew that he maybe did some suspicious things with other people however you guys always had a close relationship but then Back in October, maybe? The end of last year
1: sometime? Uh, October, yeah.
0: October. Look, look at that memory. All right. Mm. You have a really, really strong belief, hunch, possible confirmation that he stole a large amount of money from you and then went on the run to another state, Pennsylvania, maybe?
1: Yep.
0: Man, yeah, look at that. Counseling mode. All right. Went on the run to Pennsylvania, goes AWOL. And right after we met you a few weeks ago, he was coming back into town and wanted to kind of re-engage with you. And you were in this predicament of my, we talked about the village. My village is telling me steer clear. This guy has a history of of making these decisions and now he's taking advantage of you be cautious, but you were torn. You weren't ready to wash your hands of him because he meant a lot to you. You did have a close relationship, but you weren't also naive to the fact that the man just stole a chunk of money from you, which I believe was maybe even a couple hundred dollars.
1: Yes. And my social and my ID. Oh, that's right. It gets even
0: better. Yeah. I forgot he stole your your identity. Whole whole identity. So we have a situation where this person who claims to be a, a best friend of yours steals your identity, social ID, hundreds of dollars and just goes on the run. Your friends are saying steer clear. You're, you are really feeling led to reconnect with him but also realize the you know what you're facing can you update us on the situation please we have been waiting every day josh and i talk about it <laughs> every, day. every day every day every day yeah the we first thought did, we, in my uh, mind It's the last thought when i go to sleep yeah. what happened to mary's identity
2: yeah I'm about to say we you actually emailed the wrong mary Moore because it, your identity was sold somewhere in pennsylvania so. that's right <laughs> We <laughs> almost had your uh, your other person on
0: here. Ah, apparently she's a barista too at some yeah. coffee shop in
1: yeah.
0: Philadelphia. Yeah. In Philadelphia, no. What right. uh, anyway? Update us. What's what's transpired uh, here?
1: So I did end up hanging out with him. I knew it. Uh, I I I wanna give him a second chance. He he has a problem. Okay, when I first met him.
0: You're having a problem putting sentences together because you know what you say and it's about to be ridiculous. There's a lot of jumping around here.
1: No, I'm so sorry. Okay, so I have have a lot of sympathy for this guy because when I first met him, he sold me the story of him just getting off of Xanax and how he did a lot of bad things while he was on Xanax. Um, And then he ended up getting with me. And then he was like, well, I'm a changed person. You know, I don't do stuff like that anymore. And when I first met him, I was like, okay, I'm going to choose to see the good in you. You're someone trying to recover. Like, I'm going to, I'm going to help you. And then he ended up screwing me over and then comes back into my life. And it's the same story of, well, I've changed, but I feel like he has shown me examples of him changing. But at the same time."
0: what are the examples give me an example that's worthy that's worthy of you believing this man has changed
1: um
2: Hmm. the pauses are not helping this situation the pauses are not helping
1: I i don't know why i just i feel bad for him like when he's telling me about how he feels that He tries his best, but still he can't succeed. I have sympathy for that. And I know genuinely he's telling the truth when he is venting to me about these things. But at the same time, he makes bad decisions and ends up stealing from friends or finessing them of money here. He's kind of like a skimmer. He skims off the top. He takes things that people won't notice are missing until he has accumulated everything he needs. He is very crafty. He's very crafty. He ends up finding places to stay he finds food he finds drugs alcohol he finds all of these things without paying a cent <clears throat> it's very interesting to watch so but he is not good for me
0: what that. what is the nature of your current relationship with him now three four weeks later like have you <laughs> let him back in with open arms or has there been a redefinition of that
1: Okay, so I'm not very good with boundaries. It's I'm, it's I am.
0: Yeah,
2: you. Yeah, yeah. I was
1: very clear at the beginning. I was like, I have to take this slow. I want to see every once in a while, um, and we're gonna to have to be very casual friends. That turned into hitting me up every single day. I'm surprised he isn't texting me while I've been on this interview. Um, he, he texts me every single day, 24 seven. he has nobody else he has nobody else and i feel bad about it and i want him to change i'm trying to give him time to change but at the same time i think he's just an addict like just simply an addict he's addicted to stealing he's addicted to Mm -hmm. lying um hurting other people he's selfish but at the same time he cries because he's like people are so mean to me so i'm just very confused on how to feel about this man
0: it sounds like he deserves for people to be mean to him. He's stealing from them. Yeah. Let me ask you a question. We can't. We can't fix him. Number 1, I think it's great that you continue to love people even though it's hard. Do I think it's great that like we put ourselves at risk in that? No. But I think that does take a lot of care and compassion, right? Like we joke with you, but like it does take a big heart. But let me ask you this question how much of it is when you look at him, you see yourself three or four years ago and you want to give him the same opportunity that someone gave you.
1: Exactly. Exactly. I want to help him. I want to save him. I feel like he is worth being saved. And if I put enough effort into it, I can turn him into, I can turn him around. Like I can make him see there is a different way. So he's kind of like a project for me, almost. Like if
0: yeah, I fix-
2: but you weren't stealing from people.
1: No. Not
0: that she's admitted to.
2: Not that she's admitted to. It is It is a very, that was a good point by Marty, That it is a very, like a reflection, but I don't know if you are the help he needs. He probably needs other help outside of you.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, let me also ask you this. When you found yourself down and out Mm -hmm. in your spirit when you're sleeping in the car that night so like number one why did you sleep in your car? Because you even though you were homeless you didn't want to be a burden to other people.
1: Yeah.
0: Right. Number two, you were looking for opportunity to rebuild yourself. Right. So even though your situations could arguably say the same, right? Like maybe not all of it, right? Like we're not going to dive into your life, not looking for confessions. Maybe you are engaged in some of the behavior that you see in him and you're like, I came back from it. He can come back from it. Or it's just some of the, like, he's down and out. I was down and out. Maybe that's the similarity. Who knows? Doesn't matter. But behind the situation is the character of the person. Mm-hmm. And it seems to me that you came from a character of, I'm down and out, but I need somebody and want somebody to give me a chance to rebuild myself. And just from you talking about it, and this is your friend, so you're going to, like, your situation's biased to his advantage. So by your own testimony, he he's giving lip service that's good, but it demonstrates character that's I'm taking advantage of people and I'm taking a handout and trying to turn it into two handouts, not how can I take a How can I take someone's help and leverage it to become successful again? Yeah. I see different motives in in you and him, even though your situations are, are understandably similar.
1: Mm -hmm. He has no drive to better himself. Like he's staying with a friend right now but he's been here for a month and he hasn't helped him pay rent at all. And he was like, well, I don't know what to do, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, you need to go find a job. And he kind of brushed over that, that I said that. And I was like, well, first thing you need to do is you need to like, you found a living situation. Okay. Now figure out how you can contribute money. Like go get an ID. He says he has an ID sometimes. It's not yours. Yeah. It's not mine. He... I'll never get mine back, but. It's fine
0: okay
1: um, but yeah he has no he doesn't have any motivation to better himself. he's not like okay well now I need to get a house now I need to get a job now I need to do this you know and he kind of just keeps wanting to like skate by and I'm sitting here waiting he's telling me the story of how he wants to get better but at the same time I haven't seen anything the any behavior
0: action. the behaviors aren't right? matching yeah so here. You're still very conflicted about this. I am. And my guess is what you think you should do is different than what your heart wants to do.
1: Exactly.
0: How do you think that's going to play out for you?
1: I think I'm going to end up getting very hurt in the end. Mm -hmm. And I can see it coming from a mile away. But there is a tiny glimmer of hope that maybe it could work out and be great. And yeah. I want to hold on to that. I don't want to see if my option of leaving him is very cynical. It's a very cynical option of just being like, peace out. Goodbye. We're never going to be friends again. Um, you're not good for me. You know, all, all of that. Like I would end up hurting him doing that. And I really, I really don't want to do that. So it's either I hurt him or he you, you wait to for him.
0: Hurt. You wait for him to hurt you in such an in, irreparable way that it forces the relationship to end.
1: Yeah.
0: Are you willing to take that risk?
1: See, if it was if it was one of my friends, I would not want them to do make the decision that I'm making. But when I'm making it, I see it differently.
0: No, you don't, because you just told me.
2: <laughs> yeah, I was about to say I'm not sure that's entirely true. You're
0: just like him. Your actions are not living up to your thoughts.
1: Yeah. But
2: you can keep so here's the question here's the thing though you can you can hold on to the hope that you have while still protecting yourself so you can you can still help without putting yourself fully in danger it's just theoretically you
0: you can do that you've already admitted boundaries are hard
2: i was about to say for you yeah you seem like an all-in i'm here for you i'm gonna carry you on my back if I have to, but like you, you you gotta, you gotta helping him the best is going to be setting boundaries for you.
1: So
0: here's, here's my last, we're not going to beat a dead horse too long, but this would be my only thing is sometimes we live in risky situations, but we feel like it's worth it and that's okay. Right? Like you can say, I know this doesn't make sense, but I'm not ready to give up on him. Okay. That's fine. Because you see it for what it is um you know my my thing is is we do hear stories all the time that you know what there was only that 1% of light that 1% of glimmer of hope and i wanted to believe in it and the person ended up responding and it ended up being life changing for him and we hold on to that 1% but we have to realize that there's a 99% chance that that doesn't happen and the blackness hurts us but if that's a risk we're willing to take then it's a risk we're willing to take um but the good thing the thing that encourages me is number one you have people around you that are telling you the truth and you also realize this might end poorly i know that um but right now you still feel like "Mm, i still want to believe in this guy and give him a little bit of a chance yeah just keep your id in your pocket wallet in general wallet locked Yeah. Oh man!
2: So in transitioning,
0: yeah, let's shift gears a little bit. Something more lighthearted.
2: So our show is called Tattoos and Jesus. When we were at your shop, you also had some tattoos. Mm-hmm. Tell us what those are. I mean, you can't really show people, but tell us what they are.
0: Yeah, give
2: us some backstory. It's a little overview
0: here.
1: I wish this interview was happening in like a year so I could have all the tattoos that I wanted, you know, like my full sleeve. I wish I had my sleeve to show you guys, but sadly right now, I've only got four, but I only count three of them because one of them doesn't count. So I I got a little moon on my arm. Um, It's for my, my pen name for being an author, um, Mary moon instead of Mary Moore is my last name, Mary Moon. So I got a little moon. Then I got Fibonacci. I wrote it in all math symbols and all of my tattoos I've drawn myself. um, I got Fibonacci written in all math symbols um, because I was a math major and math was like my thing in high school and middle school. It was like a huge part of my identity growing up was that I really liked math.
0: And I wish Um, there was a way that... that... I wish we did have video or pictures because we saw that tattoo when we were there. And it is really cool. Yes. Like the way that you got creative with the math symbols, like we can't articulate that in words, but like, it is a really cool idea. It is
1: a lot of people ask about it and I love talking about it. I love it. It's like, it might be my favorite tattoo. So my last one is, well, I have two more. I have one on my hand that's just like a weird star sign design. Um, it's just super cute. Um, but my favorite tattoo is probably my ace of spades tattoo. Mm-hmm. And I ended up combining my ace of spades and a tarot card called three of swords. And I put those two together. And it stands for like my asexuality, which is something that I've had like a very complicated relationship with like growing up. Um, I used to sit, like, not define my sexuality for a very long time. Um, and then I ended up, maybe I was about 21, 22, and I realized that it's okay to commit to a name, even if it doesn't fully describe, like, how I feel. So, mm-hmm. at least it's somewhere in the general area yeah. of yeah, Yeah.
0: It may be not a perfect bullseye, but it, it's pretty close. Yeah. So... And we talked about this when we were at the shop that um, we, you know, we are a a faith-based podcast. And so a lot of our listeners come from the faith world and talking about sexuality and the different sexual expressions and gender identities that people take. Sometimes some people are very familiar with those and stay informed and knowledgeable. And then other Mm -hmm. people are like, man, that's just, I'm, I just don't understand it. So so that we can better understand what that means to you. When you say that I'm an asexual, put some words to that. What do you, what does that mean to you?
1: Um, well, the basic definition that a lot of asexuals like to go with is that it means that the person does not experience sexual attraction, but that does not mean that those individuals don't have sex. So there's People who identify as asexual who are in—it's called an allosexual relationship. Allosexual are people who just normally practice sex, okay. um, and there are asexuals who partake in that, and they're called sex-positive asexuals. And then there's sex-repulsed asexuals, to where they don't—they don't want any yeah. part of it of the at physical
0: all. action of sex.
1: Yeah, yeah, but there are still asexual does not mean aromantic so there are a lot of asexuals who are still in loving relationships you know um they just don't have that sexual intimacy aspect of their relationship um yeah you can still have a, a fulfilling relationship without sex like you don't need sex to be in love
0: yeah yeah for a lot of people that's one expression of love but by no means is it the only definition of love
1: absolutely
0: and so this has been kind of, it sounds like a work in progress for you, because it sounds like maybe even at an early age, you realize I don't necessarily feel like the world around me is telling me is normal. And I don't quite have the words to put to that to help me understand myself and for others to others to understand me either.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I first started like realizing I was like different than everybody else when I was probably in sixth or seventh grade, because, you know, like <clears> kids <throat> like to make jokes and all like that. Um It just wasn't resonating with me. And I didn't know at the time what that meant for me until I maybe got to, like, high school. And I, like, and, like, as society started to accept it more and talk about it more, um, I became more aware of it. And then probably about, like, in my early 20s, I had finally realized that, you know, that's where...
0: This is what's going on.
1: Yeah, where I, yeah. Yeah.
2: And so how much, I guess, like, when you were going kind of through this process of finding that out, like,
1: mm-hmm.
2: is this kind of related to that independent conversation we had earlier? Like, is this kind of when you became, I mean, more independent than normal when when you started to kind of figure some of this out for yourself?
1: Yeah. So when I was young, I kind of felt like I wasn't worthy of relationships because I wasn't willing to partake in sex with whoever I was going to end up being with. Yeah. So for a long time, I was kind of set on the fact that, oh, I'm just going to have to be alone because nobody's going to accept me. Not like partaking in that with them. So for a very long time, it was like I a very complicated relationship with sexuality in that if I I have this where I think if I love someone... And they want to do it, then I would do it for them.
0: Mm-hmm. But then
1: I'm also like, if they love me, then they wouldn't do it because I don't want to do it. So mm-hmm. I'm caught between these two things of, do I change a part of myself or do I ask somebody else to change a part of them? So for a long time, I kind of just didn't partake in relationships, um, didn't feel like I was like worthy of a relationship if I wasn't willing to give somebody what they wanted.
0: Did that, Um, did that breed any feelings of shame in you because you felt like somehow it's like, why can't I just be what other people want me to be or what would make my life easier? Like, was there some shame associated with that, that you had to work through and realize I don't have to be ashamed of who I am.
1: I'm still working through that, like to this day. So my relationship in Ohio that ended and what made me move down here, um, was, with my best friend who we were in a relationship but we really weren't um and it was a constant battle of she wouldn't leave her baby dad for me Mm -hmm. which I didn't want her to but she this is what she wanted um because I couldn't commit to having sex with her so she said that she couldn't commit to me but at the same time we kind of wanted to be in a relationship but it was like you won't give me what I want and I won't give you what you want so we're kind of like
0: So it's like standing. we're in a relationship and we're also holding stuff against each other a little bit.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so it it was just this ba- battle of who loves the other one more to end up giving up.
0: Who's going to give in? That's
1: fundamental. And neither of us were realizing that it just means that we don't work together just because, yeah. you know, we can't, you know, we can't see eye to eye on this one subject. So maybe relationship isn't possible for us
0: so let me ask you this because you also told us when we were meeting as we kind of move towards wrapping up our discussion that you consider yourself a spiritual person and that's Mm -hmm. how you kind of live out your um your belief system but again we we come from the faith community deal with a lot in the faith community um which historically has gotten a lot of mixed messages when it comes to gender sexuality and and all of these topics so Mm -hmm. if you would be willing to share what has your maybe living in south carolina ohio doesn't matter where what has your experience been like as an an asexual living in in that world and then interacting with people of the christian community um what has that been like what what has your experience been like interacting with people that may not agree or understand where you're coming from?
1: Um, well, you can be honest.
0: Of, like we want honest feedback here.
1: Um, I've had plenty of people not understand it and kind of view me differently, kind of, you know, have like a weird, like weird looks on their face when they look mm-hmm. at me, when I'm open about stuff like that. Um, but something that Tammy has taught me especially is that a true Christian is somebody who's not going to judge you based on that, you know, like people who use God as a, a way to like hold things against people or any, any form of hatred yeah. is not truly like the Christian way. Like yeah. God is love. And I'm not, I'm, I mean, I'm not Christian, but like I grew up as Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say that's the closest thing to what I would be yeah um but
0: well like god is not a weapon to be used against people
1: exactly true people of god are going to be kind and accepting of whoever comes you know if, as long as you have a good heart then i'm cool with you
0: well that's yeah you be Go ahead,
2: <laughs> yeah that's that's one thing that we kind of highlight through through our podcast a little bit it's just what how to have conversations between mm-hmm. people who are not the same and so like yeah. you know when you say you know you kind of use use god as what well, which is true it's people don't know how to talk or be with people who are not like them and mm-hmm. if you're not like them it makes you uncomfortable and if you're uncomfortable you don't want to be around them and so you try to change that person to fit your personal mold and and a lot of times Christians will use religion, not not necessarily God, not necessarily Christ, but use religion to kind mm-hmm. of force that mold on people that they're uncomfortable with talking with or being in a relationship with.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And so that's some of what you've seemed to be experienced, you know, throughout your life um, with with what what you've been kind of finding out about yourself.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: All right. We need to go ahead and wrap up for today. But you know what I just realized? We what? never scored the coffee. Our, we all haven't. All of our listeners are probably like, you didn't score the coffee. Don't end <laughs> the show. So wh- what did you say this stuff was called? Rum. Jamaican butter rum. Just- Jamaican butter rum. Jamaican. All right, Josh. Jamaican go. Butter, rum, on a scale of one to ten, five being kind of break-even neutral, where do you put Jamaican butter, rum?
2: So for people who are listening don't know, and I don't, you know, it me may may even be too familiar. Our scale is pretty strict once it gets past five, okay? So if, if the coffee falls in between seven and nine, I don't think we've had any coffee past the nine. Just because we don't want to set ourselves up for failure here. Like, we don't want to be like, oh man, this is a nine. And then we go down the road and this is a better cup of coffee and we've already screwed ourselves. But seven to nine is like top tier coffees.
0: Top tier. Mm-hmm.
2: Top tier coffees. On this podcast, mm-hmm. top tier coffees, seven to nine easy. And so a five is like, yeah, like Marty said, like middle of the road. Like, I mean, you it's know,
0: good. You, Nothing bad about it.
2: Get your Dunkin', you got your Starbucks, not like going to drive to a different grocery. Yeah. So, with that being said, we usually try our coffee. So, Marty tries his plain, nothing in it. I don't, the only way I drink my coffee, I put a little bit of sugar in it sometimes. Mm-hmm. Don't use creamer, don't really like the creamer aspect of it. Plus,
0: you're avoiding the score, get to the score here.
2: Well, I just wanted to lay out, you know, for the people who are coming into the Dirty Bird review here what our coffee metrics are because some people you'd be like seven and you're like man that's trash i'll never sell this coffee again anyway so jamaican butter rum for me personally is a great cup of coffee you don't have to add anything to it you brew it and you drink it kind of like that cup pot to cup
0: it's got a it's got a, given it's got a strong flavor but not an overwhelming flavor
2: exactly so you don't need to add anything to it that's right seven four
0: seven four
2: 7-4. Because you can drink it and you don't have, you don't yeah. need anything.
0: So here's here's what reminds me of and this is, a lot of people don't like Panera's coffee but I really like Panera's hazelnut coffee. And this really reminds me of like the not the flavor, the flavor is different but it's the same, it, it would be in the same category. Like the, the type of flavor with the coffee, the strength of the flavor is right there. And so I'm at a 6-8. So and Josh always scores better than me. Um, so you divide that by two. So that's, that's not true. what? what that's is not that? true. Sometimes. sometimes plus, you, what'd you say it was a seven, what? Four. Seven, one. Seven, one is the final score, which honestly is one of our higher scores this year. Yeah. So, so
2: Jamaican butter rum has a seven, one. I, I'll be honest. I couldn't drink it every day. -hmm. Because it's kind of one of those that you mix in every once in a while. Like, if you want a good, you know, good flavor coffee, then Mm -hmm. I will will definitely brew this up. Like an afternoon, like this, this would be really well. And even the the ice aspect of
0: it probably be pretty good. I um, you're three for three, Mary. You're the the recommendations you gave us at the shop, absolute home runs, delicious. Ten for ten. Jamaican butter rum, fantastic black bean coffee with a little bit of flavor. So, all right, listen. Thank you so much for coming on.
2: Yeah, we we highly appreciate it.
1: Thank you for having me. I've loved it.
0: That yep. one. Listen, I, we love to hear people's stories, and you have been more than gracious to be transparent about your story. And. We love that. I think our listeners love that, and so we appreciate your honesty. If any of you want to meet Mary, go to Stomping Grounds in Greer, South Carolina, and she will be there making baristas happy.
2: That's right. That is right, and it's delicious coffee. Delicious coffee.
0: Anyway, Mary, any final thoughts before you leave?
1: Um, I do want to mention that it is the 110th anniversary of the sinking of the Titanic. Oh,
2: that's right.
1: One of the most devastating um natural disasters we've ever had
2: i remember her talking about the titanic when we were there
0: i did i forgot about that because you're here's what we didn't get into is you've got a lot of quirky passions math like history facts Mm -hmm. like titanic you know know a lot of things anyway next time next time we'll dive into the wealth of your uh titanic knowledge yeah! Shout
2: Absolutely. out to the Titanic. Big, Everything I big, know
0: about the Titanic, I learned out. on TikTok.
2: You learned on the movie, probably.
0: <laughs> I wasn't allowed to watch it because there's that little nudie scene.
2: Two VHS tapes. I do remember that you had to. Yeah, oh, that, I still that, have it. Yeah, that Dude. was one of the ones. One of the first movies I ever watched where it was two. Yeah. You had to take it out and you had to put the other one, other way yeah. in. I was like, man, this is long. I
0: will say, I'm a huge Leonardo DiCaprio fan, though.
2: Oh yeah, i can't mess with Leo that's so, for sure.
0: anyway mary thank you so much
2: yeah pr- thank you mary
0: until next time y'all behave yourselves
2: hello